0: that makes you want to jump doesn't it <laughs> yeah we're in this uh series jump and uh you may not have thought about it but jumping really is a spiritual thing and I, I think jumping is an important part of being a faithful follower of jesus christ you know jumping's about trying to find that nerve you know Trying to be obedient to, to God where you just finally jump. You know, jumping's uh, pushing against your fear, being willing to take a risk. You know, taking a leap of faith, you might say, for the kingdom of God. You now, for instance, uh, the Old Testament, there's a account uh, Jeho- Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah. And he finds out that all their enemies have now joined forces against them and have actually declared war on Judah. And so Judah is totally outgunned. Jehoshaphat is terrified. He's seeking God in this. And he asks the people of Judah to fast and pray. And as the people are worshiping and as the king is worshiping, God delivers a message. And he gave him a plan and a promise. And so the next day, they're preparing for battle. And Jehoshaphat instructs the the army. He says, do not be afraid or discouraged. The battle's God's, not yours. And then he did something really strange. He appoints people to lead them into battle. And the front line is not soldiers with swords and spears. No, the front line is people singing, people dancing, jumping, praising God. And now I want you to think about this. Can, can you imagine looking down into the valley and you see a massive army down there, way bigger than your army? And your army is really small. And on top of it, they're going to (laughs) sing. I mean, you can't breathe. Your your heart, it's beating out of your chest. Uh Uh-oh, here we go. Scripture says this, Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambush against the men of Ammon and Moab. And Mount Seir were invading Judah, and they were defeated. In the midst of opposition and fear and anxiety, they're worshiping. They're dancing. They're jumping. In fact, this story is so much about jumping that centuries later, I'm going to date myself here. Some of you will remember. You'd hear the line, Jumping Jehoshaphat, Batman. Batman. <laughs> Think about that. Friends, when you worship God, things look different in life. When when you seek God, you realize that God is bigger than your problems. You know, today's topic, I I believe, is going to require some of you to find your nerve. In fact, it's going to make some of your hearts beat really hard but I'm gonna invite you to take a leap of faith and move from being a fan of Jesus to the courts of faith. You know, I believe the ultimate game in this life is played on the courts of the church, on the streets in your life and in my life. And today I wanna talk about evangelism. I wanna talk about taking your E-game to kind of a new level. And so today I would say jump ball. You know, I've shared this before. If you've been around here a long time, you may find it familiar. But I remember the first time I got involved in evangelism in my life. I was 17. I was a night crew manager at Kroger. And I did something that night that I had never done before. But when I got home, I just got down on my knees. And I prayed a very specific prayer for a co-worker named Donnie. I mean, Donnie's life was a wreck, all right? And I I just asked God, I said, God, give me an opportunity to talk to him about Jesus Christ. And I I told God, I said, God, look, you give me an opportunity, I'll I'll jump, I'll, I'll do it. Now, you should know Donnie had been kicked around most of his life. In fact, he got kicked out of his home when he was 14 years old. He had spent most evenings, and I don't know any good way to say it, but most evenings and weekends, he was either drunk or high. And so one day, we're waiting to clock out at work, and just kind of out of the blue, Donnie says to me, he says, there's something different about you. He says, "It, it, it seems like you have things together. Friends, you could have knocked me over at that point. I mean, I had been praying for an opportunity. And so I invited him to walk across the street to Taco Gringo. And uh, we had dinner and a very long, long conversation. And I, I still can kind of remember that moment. I mean, I was nervous. I stumbled a lot, all right? I stumbled a lot trying to share with him and tell him about Jesus Christ. But that evening, before before we walked away, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. And friends, from that moment on, my life has never been the same. I mean, it was the first time I got involved in the E-game. And you know, a follower of Jesus Christ leading another person to Jesus Christ. And friends, that rocked me. Now, after he had given his life, I thought, well, I'll get him to go to church with me. And this is where the story gets kind of sad because we're sitting in church that day, and it's the first time I'd ever looked at the church through the eyes of someone that had never been to church before. You know, the surroundings. I realized, were way outdated. The music was archaic. I mean, he listened to Queen all the time, so you can imagine. And the terms, well, they were kind of prehistoric. They were otherworldly. You had to know so that you could know what they were talking about. And I knew immediately in that moment, Donnie did not fit in. And that's the day I sat in church and I, and I made a commitment to myself. I said, Lord, if I am ever part of a church or ever part of a ministry, I will do whatever it takes to create an authentic, life-changing experience that people can easily connect with. And I'll offer a biblical message that anybody can understand. Why? Why would I do that? Because there are Donnies all over the place. We have a church, not archaic around here, is it? Not outdated, never boring. You may not like it, but it's not boring. (laughs) And I believe we're a church that can reach scores of Donnies in this world. But, but, wait for it, we have to raise our e-game. Jesus talked a lot about evangelism. In fact, right before Jesus ascended into heaven, he gathered all of his followers together, and it was a little bit like what a coach does, you know, gathers the team up in the locker room before the game. And Jesus delivers this pre-game speech we know it as the great commission and he says go therefore and make disciples in all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit and teaching them to obey everything that i've commanded you there's two aspects to what god's called us to evangelism the e-game You know, that's sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with other people. And the other side is discipleship. It's helping what I would call fired-up followers of Jesus to develop kind of into full-court believers in their life. Both of them are vital. It's why we exist as a church. In fact, it is our mission at Faith Fellowship. It's leading people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Two aspects. It's reaching people for Christ and maturing the Christ followers. In other words, that's what we're doing this morning, maturing, hopefully. I mean, why do we grow? So that we get better at reaching people for Jesus Christ. Not so that we can go, oh, I'm so much smarter. But it's so we can reach people for Jesus Christ. Christ followers, you you're to jump in and elevate your e-game. It's about marking eternity. It's about expanding and growing God's kingdom. It's, Jesus challenges us in that kind of pregame speech, you know, to pray for the unchurched. We should be doing that, to befriend them, to invite them so that they can hear a compelling, life-changing message of salvation and come to know Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus said that we're to take those new believers, we're to baptize them and disciple them and give them opportunities to grow, to help them develop, use their unique gifts. All of you are gifted in a unique way in the context of what I would call a biblically functioning church. That's our call, evangelism, discipleship. Two focuses for the church. We measure the success of Faith Fellowship by the Great Commission. You know, it's easy to get caught up with, uh, you know, what, what people say, you know. People say, oh, Faith Fellowship's a good church, you know. They're, they're creative, they're casual, they're, it's full of energy, you know. They, they, they played jump this morning at, a, at our church, can you believe it? People are welcoming those, those things are great, okay? They're fine and good. But how are we doing when it comes to the Great Commission? That's how you measure effectiveness as a church. That's what's important as a church. So so the fact is, I know that for some of you, you're not in the family of God. You're You're here. You've been asking questions, investigating. And I will tell you that is great, you know, this is a safe place to do that. You know, nobody's going to embarrass you. You will not be coerced. You just keep coming, keep asking your questions, and keep, keep striving. And I, I always tell people, now, this is being up front with you, I will regularly, strategically, and very intentionally point you to Jesus Christ. I'll point you to make decisions in, in your life, you know, where you have to go yes or no, you know, heaven or hell, God's way or my way or some other way. And I understand it is a very private decision, but I will tell you at some point, you just got to get up the nerve and jump. You just have to take the step and to see what God will do. Church's mission. And this is for Christ followers here. It's the e-game. But here's what gets me. So, so many so-called Christians, they'll go, oh, I love God, I love God. You know, Jesus changed my life, you know. I, 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 I'm going to heaven now because of that. But they're amazingly silent about what they think. Friends, God has strategically placed you around people that I will never know, never even have a chance to know. And yet, too many followers of Jesus Christ, they they don't jump. They, they don't take advantage of the opportunities to point other people to Jesus Christ. You know, there's an episode, you remember Seinfeld? How many of you remember Seinfeld? How many of you have no idea what I'm talking about? <laughs> that's, that's the Hulu and uh, streaming generation there. But th- there's a show, uh, Seinfeld, and uh, it's kind of a funny show, but you've got this point where Elena's dating a guy by the name of Putty, and she gets in the car and turns on the radio, and it's on Christian music. And so she's trying to figure out if he's a Christian or not. And so she kind of hints around and she's like, do you believe in God? And Putty's like, yeah. She goes, is it a problem? I'm not religious? He goes, not for me. She kind of puzzled look on her face and she's like, how's that? He goes, I'm not the one going to hell. Very funny sitcom. <laughs> but it's tragic in real life. Here's the question. How are you doing with the Great Commission? Christ followers, God wants you to grow. And God wants you in the E-game. So how? How do you do that? Uh-oh. Here we go. One, two, three, jump. Jump develop develop your influence in the paint i played uh, basketball in college and uh, i was a small center i could jump back then not anymore (laughs) but i could jump back then and my coach when i first started playing center he was he was always writing me and he'd go like damon damon establish your influence in the paint He goes 1912, Talkington. 1912, 1912, Talkington. Well, 1912 is the painted area on the court. You'd know it as the free throw box. He was telling me, stay in there. You know, when when I first played, I'd wander out. I'd get out way out on the key. You know, I'd get out on the wings. And friends, I was totally out of my element. I didn't know what to do with a guard. You know, I, I was ineffective. But my game dramatically improved as I developed my influence in the paint. Christ follows, you have to develop your influence in the paint in your life. You know, Acts 1, 8, it says, And you will be my witnesses. What's a Witness. Well a witness is somebody who simply tells you what they know to be true in life says telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth it's what I did when I was sharing with Donnie I simply told him what I knew to be true in my life I told him how I accepted Jesus Christ Now, I didn't know the Bible very well at that point. I definitely did not know all the theological terms. I I didn't have some specially crafted, you know, five-point here, salvation kind of story to tell. I just said, Donnie, here's what happened to me. And I believe it can happen for you too. Friends, develop your influence Develop your influence. I'll give you a great example. There's a guy at church here, and he keeps telling people about Jesus and inviting them to church. And now, now some of the people he's brought are starting to invite people. See, he elevated his e-game in life. Why? Because he developed his influence in the paint in his life. You know how's it happen? I mean, how do you develop influence? Well, I think there's natural ways. One one's family and friends. You you get strategic, uh, very strategic in your life. Damon, everything's about the paint. Stay in the paint. Every step, every second you're in there, everything you do in there will influence what happens in the game. Friends, every moment of every day is about influence in your life. And here's what I mean. The fact is, you have to think about how you're living your life. I believe even mundane things in your life can become opportunities, you know, to connect with other people, to connect other people to God. And if you've been around here long, you've heard me say many times, frequent the same places. The Same shops, the same stores, the same restaurants. go to them over and over and over, because as you return, you begin to develop relationships. And guess what? Critical conversations can happen in those moments. It's about influencing the paint. I, I've been frustrated because always I go to the same cashier every time. And I've had to tell people that work, that are here at church, I'm not coming through your lane, not because I don't like you, but because I've got, I've got something that I'm trying to work on elsewhere. COVID's been a little messed up because they sit and go, you can come to this lane? And I'll go, hey, go ahead at me, <laughs> go ahead, you know, and I'll wait so I can go to the lane I want to go to. But for eternity is in the balance and maybe all someone needs is just a little nudge by saying, hey, I want you to come to church. Think about it. Celebrations, parties, gatherings, be intentional. You know, do, do what Matthew did in uh, Luke 5. Matthew's this wealthy guy. He uh, worked a very successful accounting firm. Jesus tapped him on the shoulder one day and said, follow me. Matthew left. He left all the trinkets and toys. He left the the fast-paced life and he started following Jesus. Matthew didn't know much about the Christian faith. He's a new believer. But Matthew, Matthew looked in the paint He looked at where his sphere of influence was. And he saw a bunch of IRS guys, accountants that he worked with. And he immediately started trying to imagine, how can I reach them? So he throws a party, purpose-driven party. He invites all of his hell-bound, hell-raising friends but he also invites Jesus and the disciples. See, he understood something. He understood in the right environment, get them together, there'd be some very strategic spirit-led conversations while they're eating and drinking. And I believe Matthew was praying that what happened to him might happen to them. Matthew looked in the paint in his life. Now, I want to be really clear here. I am not talking about trying to get someone who's already attending a church to come to this church. We are not about that. Never will be. I'm talking about looking around you and people that do not go to church do not have Christ in their life. That's the paint, friends. That's where we're to have influence as Christ followers. I know some of you right now, you're thinking, well, I don't know anybody. And I'll tell you, you are not looking. You're not looking. Develop your influence there. You know, whether it be at work or, or school or the gym, you know, or at the, the club or whatever. There, there, there is something that that we need to understand about this. You know, the fact is, as you work that influence, you've got to jump and take the shot sometimes. You know, the, the great ones in, in basketball, they understand that... With every opportunity, there's a risk. What's the risk? You might make the shot, you might not. The great ones, I mean, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, they made a lot of last second shots, didn't they? Winning, game winning shots. But do you know this? They missed more than they made. And get this, you miss 100% of the shots you never take. Miss them all. Part of faithfully following Jesus Christ means taking risks in your life. And sometimes you'll hit and sometimes you'll miss. But it's taking risks and it's getting down on your knees And asking God for an opportunity to share your faith. You know, God, show me someone in my life. Someone that that I can invite to church. Someone that I can share Jesus with. Friends, I guarantee you God will bring people to mind. In fact, as I say that, for some of you, that person's already in your mind. You see their face right now. I'm telling you, God will give you an opportunity. God will move in supernatural ways. God will open up doors and allow you to connect in ways you never dreamed of. But, friends, you've got to jump and you've got to take the shot when you get the opportunity. And the question is, will you let God use you? Will you? There's a story, uh, Luke 19. Jesus is walking to Jericho. All the religious people are pressing in on him they're talking to him they're questioning him but Jesus doesn't get caught up debating he doesn't even get caught up in the conversations because Jesus is on a mission that day I seen holy spirit was nudging him see he was looking for a man named Zacchaeus Zacchaeus crooked tax collector but he'd come to get a look at Jesus. See, I think he was wanting to see, what's all the hype about with this guy? But because of the crowd, he couldn't see over him. Zacchaeus climbs a tree, gets out on a limb of a sycamore tree. Don't miss this part. It's easy to miss when you read this story. See, Jesus... Could have been so into religious people that he missed an opportunity that God was giving him. Instead, Jesus zeroes in. He, he sees Zach and he asks him, he says, Can I visit your house today? He goes to his house. It's life changing. Zach repents, changes his ways. He starts following Jesus. That encounter with Jesus changed his eternity. Who is it? Who is it in your life? Who is it in your family or your neighborhood, at school, the office, the work site, the health club, wherever? Who is it that's out on that limb I mean, who who is it that's watching you, trying trying to see who Jesus is, trying to see what Christianity is about? If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you need to know people are watching you. They'll always be watching you. They are checking you out anytime you're in their presence. In fact, you may be the sole representative of Jesus Christ in that person's life. And here's what just, just hurts, is too many times the, the, the talk and the game we play, they're out of sync. You know, too many times the, the beliefs and the behavior, they, they, they don't merge, they don't even make sense. Friends, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, your life becomes an act of worship. Your life becomes an example to the world. Your life will determine the effectiveness that you have in reaching other people for the kingdom of God. And all I can say is there is a lot at stake. Live wisely, live obediently, be an example. You know, jump into the paint, develop your influence. Think about it all the time. You know, jump and take a risk and say a prayer for someone very specific. And then when you get the opportunity, you jump and you take it. Will it always work out great? <laughs> Who knows? But you got to jump. See, one, two, three. You know, get ready to jump. Jump. You know, Christ follows you've got to play both ends of the court. You know, Coach used to say to me all the time, he go, Damon, both ends of the court. Pick up those big feet. You better be the first one down the court. You better hustle. Get down there. Go. And he drilled it into me. Defense, offense. They're both important. In fact, you need both to win a game, right? Christ followers, you have to play both ends of the court. You know, as a believer, your closest friends should be other Christ followers. That's who you surround yourself with. But too many Christians don't know anybody at the other end of the court. They've they've lost contact with the world. They've lost contact with, with people who don't know Jesus Christ. Balance. We need balance in our lives. And the question is, are you in the game? Are you playing both ends? You surround yourself with Christians so you can grow, encourage each other, love each other, but you got to be playing the other end. If you're not playing both ends, well, you need to talk to God about it. No, ask God to elevate your game. Ask God to help you be able to play both ends. Grow and show, grow and show. Friends, there's nothing like it. I mean, when you experience seeing someone you know and love come to Jesus Christ. And when you watch their life develop and grow as they become a mature follower, it gets your adrenaline pumping. It's something you will remember for a lifetime. It breathes life into you. It gives you purpose. And it makes you want to develop your influence in the pain. It makes you want to take more risks in your life. It makes you want to seize the opportunity and take the shot when God gives you an opportunity to take the shot. It makes you want to run full court. It makes you want to elevate your game. And so the question, just a simple question today, when it comes to the E-game, are you going to jump? God, God's put you there for a reason. God will use you if you let him. And the backside of that, there is something terribly wrong. If we see people that don't know Jesus and we understand eternity, then we wouldn't go, I gotta I got do something. This life's too short. Eternity's too important just saying. Let, let's stand for a word of prayer together. Our holy God, right now, Lord, I just pray your Holy Spirit would just flash faces through everyone's mind here. People that don't know you, people that you've strategically placed us in their life. God, I pray your Holy Spirit would just rattle us, not let us go to the point we'll go, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? God, I pray that uh, we'd never lose that passion. We would... Just have the nerve, no matter how scary it is, to just jump, to share, invite, just be a voice in their life. God, not because it's some project, but because we love them and we love you. God, help us to be the people you have called us to be, you created us to be. Help us to be an influence in the world in a good way. God, we give you the glory with all we say and all we do. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. God's people said, let's worship together.